What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 133 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the Covering Phantoms episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we've got a very special guest. He's a reporter for CNN, and we've seen him time and again out in the field interviewing Trump supporters and QAnon believers. Donny O'Sullivan, welcome to the show. What's the crack? <laughs> what is the crack? Finally! Finally, I've been invited on, onto the show. It's true. <laughs> we had you blacklisted. We lifted that blacklist after one too many good reports. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to we had to terminate your shadow ban, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we re-enabled your account in the system. <laughs> well, we're we're going to be chatting with you, Donny, about our mutual experiences covering QAnon, uh, including times where we've been together at uh, events and stuff like that. But before we touch on all of that, QAnon news. So my big story today is a New Jersey man arrested after allegedly defacing America's Stonehenge with QAnon-related graffiti. So wait, 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 wait. Before it, we go into this, America's Stonehenge. America's Stonehenge. Yes, yeah, so I didn't even know there was. There one. was. America but, is like 250 years old. Folks. Yeah, it's complicated. So let's 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 unpack this a little <laughs> bit. So America's Stonehenge is basically a tourist attraction in Salem, New Hampshire. The main feature of the site uh, are a bunch of stone structures whose origins are unclear. Now, the owners of the attraction claim that the structures are 4,000 years old. However, this view... <laughs> so this is another fucking grift. You can't even deface a monument in America without exposing the monument for being a fraud. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so... So the view that this is some sort of pre-Columbian ancient structure is not supported by any credible archaeologist. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. And so they apparently, the structures that like, they're like a couple like stone walls and stuff. They, mm-hmm. they, they date back to the 18th century uh, at the oldest. And uh, much of the site may actually have been constructed in the early 20th century. Okay. Have we checked that it's really a rock and not just some plastic? So, yeah, <laughs> there are checked? real rocks. So okay, that you're sure confirmed. that they're not like uh, they fossilized have, uh, giant lungs, right? Every like two years, uh, Disney has to get rid of all the rocks on the Indiana Jones ride because they start looking too much like plastic and they just move them off to American Stonehenge to keep building it. So um, apparently the, the site was owned by a colonial family until 1937 when it was sold to an insurance executive named William Goodwin. And Goodwin, actually, he was he was really pilled on the idea that the site was constructed by Irish monks who were fleeing Vikings many years before America was actually colonized by Europeans. We're going live to Donny O'Sullivan. Yeah, Irish that's, reporter. that's right. That's, that's the right. real reason you brought me here. That's right. <laughs> I, confirm see. I see. That the I see. Irish originally colonized the Americas. <laughs> Feel free to debunk America's Stonehenge by just saying that sounds like rubbish. It's okay. <laughs> I, I there's I I can just picture a four leaf clover uh, <laughs> growing out of this 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 Stonehenge in New Hampshire. Yeah. So Goodwin called the site Mystery Hill, and he he actually may actually be himself responsible for some of the structures on the site. So right, this is all just it's a tourist trap basically. You can it buy is. tickets for twelve bucks a pop if you want to go see this. They have an alpaca farm now. There are lots of little attractions. So. Hmm. One of the features of America's Stonehenge is a stone tablet that is called a sacrificial stone. And 
is called that because it contains grooves that some claim that was were once used to channel blood. So this is related to yet another baseless theory about the origins of the site, which say that the area was actually settled by ancient Phoenicians. So wow. this is all pseudo archaeology. They mean from Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, well, <laughs> and this is a belief that like the the current owners of the site actually promote themselves. They, there's right. a sign that says sacrificial stone and points mm-hmm. to it. So they are they are they aren't trying to teach actual history of the site. Is this another case where QAnon people do something messed up, but it turns out it's fine because it's like they <laughs> killed a mob boss or they defaced a, a fraud? <laughs> it's, well, yeah. So apparently that that so-called sacrificial stone was actually probably maybe a what they call a lie leaching stone, which 18th and 19th century farmers uh, used to make soap. Other archaeologists speculate that it's a base plate for a cider press, uh, but a stone for sacrificing animals and or people, it, it is not. There's no evidence mm-hmm. of that. And that brings us to how QAnon fits in the story. So in 2019, someone vandalized the sacrificial stone by carving the QAnon slogan, where we go one, we go all, or just the uh, the initials, WWG1, WGA, into it. Also inscribed on the tablet were the letters, I am Mark. Um, in addition to that, <laughs> yeah, so these these were not Killed master, war master was criminals. Here. They... They they left their name right on the stone. But this this also happened when uh, the guy defaced a church. He was giving out cards That's with right. his name he on. Threw out. <laughs> yes, right. Yes, he right. Was... He threw out uh, his own business cards behind him as he left the scene. This. Hey, do you want your building defaced? <laughs> hey, I, I got pens. I got markers. I have yeah. a, f- a handful of spray paint cans. Call me. So uh, in addition to that, there there was an 18-inch tall wooden cross that was left at the scene that was uh, strung between two nearby trees. All that was in 2019, but just this past week, New Hampshire police made an arrest in the case. Uh, the act was allegedly carried out by New Jersey man Mark Russo, 50 years old, who was charged with one count of felony criminal mischief. According to social media posts, his accomplice in the act was a man named Ganny Indrew. On October 19th, 2019, Ganny tweeted a picture of the same cross that was left at the site, and that tweet included a very strange message that hints at Ganny's motivations for the uh, act of vandalism. We have to take out all of their evil sacrificial ancient tables that they have built around the world. The oldest one in the Americas in New Hampshire, we have taken many of them out, including New Hampshire. We must continue spells cast for 300 miles from ground zero at real Donald Trump. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is where my mom is going to, she listens to everything I do, watches everything I do. This is, my mom actually grew up in Boston, but this is where she's going to be like, are you sure you want to live in this country? (laughs) Mark Russo also openly tweeted about the act. Uh, He tweeted a photo of himself standing in front of the stone while wearing a QAnon shirt and a camo Trump hat. Mark's tweet said this. Fear the owl, but I have something I would like to tell Satan. Piss on your precious stone and I carved my name. (laughs) It's always been a game, which makes me sad, but a game between the poor and the elites. Now is the time of the meek. With God's blessing, may we reign thousands of years. 
there are so many layers here again. So he's super pilled. He thinks he's a, you know, he's a spiritual warrior fighting the, 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 the powers of demons and sacrifices. And he thinks that this stone is part of the, basically the cabal. Uh, mm. But really, again, it's just part of a tourist trap that, yeah. that, that, that the, that the owners of this tourist trap falsely claim is a, a sacrificial stone. So he's, he, he himself is battling phantoms of the, you know, this, this, this grift basically. He's battling yeah. the grift. He's battling the bake. That'll yeah. be a recurring theme in this episode is covering things that either don't exist, are erasing themselves while they're happening, or rewrite themselves in front of your eyes. I want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Dapper Gander, uh, on Twitter, because he has actually been investigating this matter since the uh, vandalism was first uncovered. And he's responsible for much of the information uh, that we know about uh, what exactly happened. Is he the guy who owns the... The stone and the no, no, he's not. He's just someone who recognized right. that that was, when it was first reported, the police actually thought it was perhaps an act of anti-Masonic vandalism. Oh, because apparently classic. that's still an issue in, yeah. in the, on the East Coast in the area. Yeah. So, friend of the show, uh, yeah, Dapper Gander, he noticed that the, the where we go one, we go all, and he's able to alert people that there's actually a QAnon thing. So, uh, one, I mean, not particularly funny thing about this story is that uh, apparently both Ganny and Mark. Uh, years before the incident, they lost their adult sons. Um, Gandhi lost his son, Adam Indrew, in a, in a DUI traffic collision in 2013. And Mark Russo's son, Paul Russo, uh, died after falling from a bridge over the Delaware River. It's suspected that Paul Russo's son died from suicide. So they, they both often express their grief on social media, and they both decided independently that their son's deaths were actually a premeditated murder by shadowy forces. As time passed, both men recast their sons as spiritual warriors who were killed by servants of evil. Ganny Andrew has tweeted that he believes that the Sandy Hook shooter Adam Lanza may have been somehow involved with his son's death, perhaps as a crisis actor or something. Um, after Mark Russo saw a TV special about the so-called smiley face killers on the Oxygen Network, he sent numerous tweets accusing the urban legend assassins of murdering his son and placing his body in the river. Mark has also tweeted that uh, he believes that the smiley face killers work for Barack Obama. Um, in fact, we could see this on in the, the wooden cross that was left at the site includes a picture of both men's sons. Wow. So they're really on a different spiritual plane, uh, you know, really like you know, we talk about parallel realities, but this is um, this is yeah. something else. This is. Yeah, I saw a lot of people compare this to uh, like ISIS destroying ancient cultural artifacts. But this is a lot sadder and a lot mm -hmm. dumber than than all of that, honestly, because yeah, because yeah. they are. I mean, it sounds like they were they were, you know, driven mad in part by grief and they, they use this conspiratorial thinking to make sense of their loss um, and they thought that they were like like they're basically destroying the cabal's tools and stuff and yeah I mean from the way you wrote it here it seems like yeah you don't think that ISIS destroying ancient cultural artifacts is sad no no it is it is maybe it you, is, find, maybe you uh, find it funny you always accusing me of like you know being sympathetic to ISIS on this show I would say I don't appreciate it <laughs> So Mark seems to have discovered America's Stonehenge from a television show on the History Channel, oh, God H2. fucking damn it. Yeah. Uh, specifically, he saw an episode from season one of America on Earth, which is like basically like a pseudo archaeology show. So the layers of misinformation that drove him to this act is, yeah, 
tragic. If there's one, I'm not a big cancel culture guy, but if there's one thing I'd like to cancel, it's the History Channel's ability <laughs> to use the word history. Yeah. That's it. You can rename your fucking channel anything you want. If you have ancient aliens, if you have Tsukalos going around the fucking world with his new fake hair. I feel very attacked here because for my episodes, a lot of times the sources that I use <laughs> <laughs> happen yeah. to be it know, says from history, the history right channel. in the name. <laughs> there's an icon in the bottom of the screen. Yeah. It's an a, a big H. That means true. <laughs> this wasn't the only site that uh, that Mark Rosso targeted. Uh, since he took his grinder to that tablet at America Stonehenge, uh, he frequently indulged in fantasies of taking additional trips to vandalize other sites around the U.S. and Canada. Hmm. Uh, he, for example, he had a bucket list. Yeah, he did. Places he, I'd like to sand down. <laughs> He uh, openly fantasized about um, see here, the obelisks at Bunker Hill in Boston, uh, the Washington Monument, uh, the Mount Rushmore, and the Crazy Horse Monument in South Dakota. Uh, yeah, those all kind of suck, though, so that's fine. <laughs> he has also tweeted about a uh, boulder in Nova Scotia that is carved with a recreation of one of the Sigurd stones, which are, which are stones carved with Swedish runic inscriptions. Now, not the actual stones that are in the UK, but rather a replica that yeah. is in Nova Scotia. So again, so baked that like a yeah. imitation of some weird pagan thing mm -hmm. he wants to destroy. This, well, this when, guy is going to be attacking the set of like BlizzCon 2021. <laughs> well, look, when you're when you're a very busy person, you 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 tend to reach towards things that are in your proximity. You know, he doesn't have time to travel to the UK and get the real ones. You know, this is yeah, this is the next best thing. For my next story, Trump's second inauguration on March 4th is a dud. So Whoa, this seems like you're you're gonna dunk on Donny for going there this early in the episode? Nah, he, like well, he went there for nothing. I think. I, I think <laughs> Did you see how much wind there was in his hair during that? <laughs> <time? laughs> so yeah, I need to invest in some hairspray. It's not true. I I think that moving with the wind is a sign that you haven't you know become too much of a modern man. So as fans of the show know, uh, March fourth was supposed to be a big date in QAnon universe. It was, it was based on this bizarre uh, sovereign citizen belief that uh, all laws and presidents after 1871 were illegitimate. And since the inauguration date prior to 1871 is March fourth, then QAnon followers reason Trump would be inaugurated the president of the restored United States Republic. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that virtually all QAnon promoters denounced the date as a false flag. I think it's partly because it got too yeah. mainstream, too popular. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. All the mainstream media was talking mm -hmm. about it, and that's not cool. No, it, because then there are eyes on you for if it doesn't happen. You know, that's right. the QAnon likes to move in silence in lasagna. You know, they don't want a lot of people know, you know, the eyes on for the, you know, the great disappointments, if you will. Silence and lasagna. So it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a little Wayne lyric that he kind of fucked up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I fucked it up. I think no, I quoted it. Move, for... move the silence like the G in lasagna. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm leaving this is all the of this in. This is maybe the best moment on the show in our history uh, when yeah. Travis corrected me on a little Wayne quote. I thought it was I a think... Garfield reference, so I'm lost, boys. No, it's real G's moving silence like lasagna. Yeah, it's so, good. So that's a good yeah, lyric. Yeah, it's a good lyric. Jake's is fine too. <laughs> Mine works. <laughs>
the day before March 4th, uh, Capitol Police issued a statement uh, claiming that they had intel on the possible security threat. It said this. The United States Capitol Police Department is aware of and prepared for any potential threats towards members of Congress or towards the Capitol complex. We have obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot to breach the Capitol by an identified militia group on Thursday, March the 4th. So, Doni, uh, yeah, you were in D.C. that day. So what, what exactly did you witness? What is the Washington equivalent of a of a tumbleweed? Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, a bill. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we were there. I stood out on a very cold and, as you mentioned, windy uh, Washington on March 4th. And yeah, nobody showed up. Not surprising, I would say. Um, and, you know, I think what was interesting about this was, of course, as you mentioned, there was a lot of talk about the 4th of March. Um, we were talking about it a lot on air. Obviously, the Capitol Police uh, were getting um, into it as well. Um, but we could also see that, you know, a lot of the folks that we, the main QAnon peddlers that we all know, uh, many of them were were telling their people that, you know, this is a false flag, this is a trap, much like what we saw ahead of the inauguration. Um, so it was a, it was an interesting one because obviously for, for you guys as longtime QAnon followers, you know there's bullshit dates that come up all the time. But since it was the first one, since the insurrection, it took on that added um it took it took on that added significance and i mean i was quite surprised i was quite surprised that they they sort of locked down the capital in the way they did and, and delayed um votes and whatnot well there's never been mainstream coverage of anything like this there's never been a date that QAnon had a prediction for that the entire mainstream covered so thoroughly true uh in like as it was happening before right. that date had passed. So we didn't see that for Red October. We didn't yep. see that for, what was it, D11? D5. 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 Right. Then they moved it to D11, if I remember. Yeah. yeah, they kept shifting. But there's all of these dates. So do you think... Um, do you think you, you know, you you changed this by, by, by looking at it? Well, I mean, that is the... That's, that's the sort of really nutty thing about all of this, right? Is, is even to the point of the intelligence bulletins that are informing what the FBI is doing and things like that. You know, sometimes we don't know because we, we haven't seen those bulletins, what that data is based off of. But sometimes it's just pretty raw stuff from which they're grabbing from Telegram, which you're, might be grabbing from 4chan or 8coon or elsewhere. Um, and sometimes, of course, that is normally just a lot of talk. It's a lot of chat. Chatter is, is the word they keep using in Washington for some reason. Um, and, you know, normally it's guys who literally never come out from behind their computer screens. But because we live in this weird moment right now where we basically saw the physical manifestation of the online mob on January 6th, everything's taken a bit more serious. Um, you know, I would say that had I just been monitoring telegram and you know reading the q forms i read i would have said yeah nobody believes this you know basically nobody uh but then as you mentioned i was out in ventura california a few weeks ago where travis was too and i came across a couple of people who brought up the ford and were totally convinced something was going to happen so that was quite surprising for me because that was you know normally what we've seen with a lot of these conspiracy theories is how remarkable on message uh, a lot of the followers are 
But in this case, there seemed mm-hmm. to be some genuine confusion. Yeah, I think this is another case where there was a bit of a division between the rank and file QAnon followers and the main influencers. And we see that we've seen this repeatedly. This mm-hmm. is we had this issue with the JFK Jr. Live stuff, which was a sort of a grassroots kind of movement within the QAnon community, but was denounced by almost every major influencer and even uh, Q, 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 Q itself. Yeah. So so this is a thing that we're like, yeah, the sort of the, 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 the people on the ground, oh, that were really, really like the whole March thing, but like everyone who was a little bit savvier, uh, who like had an audience, knew that this March fourth thing was bad news. They denounced it. They said that it's a false flag or it's an invention by the media, which is not mm-hmm. true. I mean, it, it, the, the the reality is, if you're not part of the organizing, uh, there's a tendency, especially for the older people, to just say it's false flag, say it's it's Antifa or whatever. Uh, and kind of throw it out because they're not going to get anything from it. So we saw that happening with the Save the Children rallies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, you know, I've never seen a date uh, that the the mainstream people get behind that involves an actual physical gathering for human beings uh, to, to go do something. Like, that's not what they like. No. You know? mm-hmm. For them, it's like, we'll find out Gitmo is now packed, uh, you know, and that, that <laughs> they were yeah. flying them in like through in cargo planes. Did anyone consider going to the Trump Hotel and just hanging out in the lobby and, and looking for someone who's a bit half drunk and confused? Because I bet there were at least a handful of people just kind of there going, well, what the fuck? Funny you should ask. I went. I went along <laughs> to the Trump Hotel. Oh, really? Uh, but I, I, I was. I went along to the Trump Hotel the night before March fourth, uh, and I might have been the drunken, confused one by the end of it. But uh, no, I, I got to DC. We came from CPAC. I was quite tired. Got to DC the day before the fourth. I was telling all my colleagues. I was like, we all know nothing's really probably going to materialize tomorrow, but also understood that we needed to cover it. Um, and one of my bosses, I said, I said, you know, we should send somebody down to the Trump Hotel to have a check it out, have them check it out, just see if if there's folks hanging out, if there's a big crowd. And he was like, why don't you go? That's what happens when you're a reporter under 30. They just throw you into the meat grinder, you know. <laughs> why don't you go and enjoy that for yourself, Tony? Um, so it was it was my first time in there. It was very quiet. Um, I had a mojito. Uh, no, I didn't have a. Mo- I, had, I had a martini. Excuse me, a martini and a hamburger. Okay. Um, it set you back what fifty dollars? I, <laughs> I got it set CNN back fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got the salad instead of the fries. I'm trying to uh to try tried to work on this on this bod right now. Um, you know, yeah. with, summer's coming. Give it, give, given I have the hair uh flowing in the wind. <laughs> exactly. To, uh, well, well, great. So you, you're telling me you didn't see a single person who looked a bit confused, like a, with a MAGA hat? Like There were people there, what would, what I would say is are questionable haircuts, um, but I also have a questionable haircut, so um, <laughs> who am I to judge? Uh, no, there, there was just some folks hanging out. There was a few folks where I was like, that, you know, he could be a proud boy, I guess, but um, nobody that, that, that was in there waving a MAGA flag or with a QAnon t-shirt. Um, but I did get a hamburger, so nice. I'm really worried that I get why the mainstream media latched onto this one. We're like, you know, obviously just a couple months out from a deadly insurrection. But I, I do want to caution. I really hope they don't latch onto every single QAnon date from now on yeah. because that would be disastrous because you can't you can't just be led around by the nose by the kooky fantasies of, uh, you know, the QAnon uh, a constantly moving date of the apocalypse. You know, that's why I was trying to do good by posting on the main QAA account that the new date, because we know the date always. Uh, the new date is 4 20 2069. And so when that date comes around, you better have your ears to to the ground. I totally agree. You know, um, 
as soon as the Ford passed, me and my colleagues, folks were asking me, you know, oh, I hear there's a new date, April or March 20th and all this. And you're totally right. I mean, it was pretty surreal uh, to be standing in Washington on the Ford because of all of this. But then, of course, you know, in re- the reality is, is that it did have a meaningful impact in terms of the heightened security presence in Washington. Now, you might say, well, was that also because the mainstream media was talking about it? Um, I feel that we were not. I hope, I really hope we're not going to be chasing every single date. But, you know, a lot of times if it comes out that the FBI has put out a bulletin about X, Y, and Z, and it leads to developments in Washington, then that is something that you have to cover. But it is, I mean, it's surreal. Right. I mean, I I sort of had the sense that especially when they delayed or moved around some of the actual proceedings in the Congress on Thursday, I really thought that was sort of sending the messages, hey, we're, we're handing this over to the conspiracy theorists. They're going to dictate our schedule here. Well, and it's and it's tricky, too, because these dates are not coming from Q anymore. You know, the last time Q posted was what, December 8th? Yeah, yeah. yeah December 8th year. of last year. And so when these dates are surfacing, they're they're surfacing from, you know, I think a combination of influencers and, um, and you know, rank and file QAnon believers. Something gets hot on Telegram or something gets hot on the chans and it, and, it, and it kind of bubbles its way to the surface. But it is now community driven as as opposed to, you know, a, a direct date given by, you know, Q itself. Yeah. And we'll be looking at the Q drop that kind of uh, allowed them to kind of break away or kind of encourage them to break away, uh, you know. For my next story, uh, Fox News host Tucker Carlson deflects for QAnon. So I think, uh, you know, an interesting question is like how more, I guess, more mainstream uh, Republicans or conservatives are going to handle the problem of QAnon. And I, we got a peek into how that's going to happen when uh, Tucker Carlson basically tried to say that QAnon isn't a thing or isn't something worth worrying about. Um, the first thing that, that Carlson did was uh, back on February 23rd was claim that he couldn't even find any evidence that this so-called QAnon is real. So it's worth finding out where the public is getting all this false information, this disinformation, as we'll call it. So we checked. We spent all day trying to locate the famous QAnon, which in the end we learned is not even a website. If it's out there, we could not find it. Then we checked Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter feed because we have heard she traffics in disinformation, seen and told us, but nothing there. I mean, Fox News has a decent QAnon explainer on their website that was, that was published by one of their reporters. Uh, so what about Jesse Waters? He could probably tell right. Tucker Jesse you know, what the deal is. I don't know if his explainer would be very... Uh... <laughs> you, know what, you know what struck me about this? And I mean, I think this is even a bit too crazy for you guys, um, <laughs> but... When I listened to him saying that, uh, and I, I guess he was just trying to make the point, he was obviously just trying to play down, downplay QAnon, and I'm not suggesting he knew what he was doing, but when I heard him say that, when I heard him say I couldn't find QAnon, it reminded me of all the people, I speak to so many QAnon believers who say there is no QAnon, there is Q, and then there are the Anons, mm-hmm. and I can almost like guarantee that the next time I'm out and about and, and put to somebody about Tucker, about finding QAnon, somebody probably will uh, say to me, well, no, actually, if you listen to what he said, because uh, it is very similar. <laughs> you know, he specifically said there is no QAnon, uh, which is precisely what we hear. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I might have looked into it a bit a bit too much. 
Well, it, it certainly at least uses the same rhetorical like cloaking device. Right. More recently, Tucker downplayed QAnon by saying that they're all gentle people. You ever notice how all like the scary internet conspiracy theorists, radical QAnon people, when you actually see them on camera or in jail cells, as a lot of them now are, maybe they're kind of confused. Maybe they've got the wrong ideas, but they're all kind of gentle people. And they all kind of waving American flags. They like the country. They're not torching Wendy's. They're not looting retail stores. They're not shooting cops. No, that's not them. Please, please, uh, let's see this humanist side of you when you're dealing with uh, your ideological enemies or the, the masses of people uh, seeking asylum or whatever, yeah. because you suddenly seem real, real loose, Tucker. <laughs> Just isn't like you. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like all... I. I guess the, the general premise is true. Like most QAnon followers are no, uh, not a threat to anyone. No. Like we, we've we've all uh, attended QAnon events. You too, Donny. And like I've never felt personally threatened in any kind of way or anything like that. They're all not all. They're not all like you know. Like I said, they're not skinheads. They're not neo Nazis. They're not. They're yeah. not. They're not. They're, they always they always fantasize about someone else doing violence on their behalf. They have a fascist ideology. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But personally, they don't want to do something ugly. But usually, yeah. But Tucker's not looking for subtlety here. He. He's he's looking to uh, extend to, you know, the kind of like, uh, you know, shock troops that he sees on his side or whatever, mm -hmm. the, the kind of courtesy he'll never extend to someone else. When I, yeah, when I first started like covering QAnon, it's like I knew I didn't want to be a fear monger, right? I didn't want to cover up the I didn't want to cover up the ugliness of their ideology. And I didn't want to deny the fact that QAnon followers have been charged with like murder and arson and uh, a conspiracy to commit kidnapping and terrorism in one instance and all of these awful things uh, while also acknowledging that the majority aren't like that they like at best feed into this uh more uh, more militant kinds of extremism which is very disturbing but i don't know yeah i'm trying to find like you know the right subtle way to sort of dis accurately describe this movement which is bad and awful but not i don't know, I don't well, know. it's what's, frustrating what's strange is that in a kind of roundabout way the idea of there is no QAnon isn't wrong here it's used as a rhetorical tool to escape blame or escape scrutiny but it's not wrong in that you know when we say well QAnon believers have done this 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 and this oftentimes they are not necessarily motivated by QAnon when they do those things it just happens that they're also QAnon believers which all contributes in a million different ways but the reality is you're dealing with an ideology it's a phantom at any point you can believe or not believe in QAnon and we can't tell that from the outside we have to interview you you have to go out in the field like Doni does and speak to people today do you believe which part you know and right. it's it, that's what's so messy about it is that we are essentially yeah chasing phantoms uh, uh, of a kind of like ideological mysticism that is really springing up due to a lot of other factors look at obviously Tucker is engaging in a bad face argument mm -hmm. um, and I try I tried so hard I tried so hard to avoid it because you know he's he's also trying to base a lot of us uh into posting about it and I tried quite hard until they eventually asked me to go on television to talk about this very thing so um, but you know it's um the 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 idea just the idea that he couldn't find Q 
QAnon <laughs> is, is I mean, just so ridiculous. And the thing is that is like if you really think that they're you know they're just they're really gentle people who just love the country, then surely you must hate the fact that QAnon is motivating them to take these criminal actions that are derailing or ruining their lives. Right? It's like you yeah. should you should despise the fact that you know that QAnon is uh, is leading people down this dark path where all of a sudden they are in serious legal jeopardy that they would not be in if it worked for QAnon. Tucker, debate Travis View on your show. I, yeah. I, this is a standing challenge. Oh, boy. But I mean, yeah. I, I represent him. I mean, don't, don't he's right. It's, it's so bad faith because, you know, he, you know, he uses this, this example saying, so, you know, they're not burning a Wendy's. Uh, but they did go to a pizza shop and fire a couple rounds from a, from a you know, semi-automatic rifle in there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't leave that kind of stuff out. And obviously that was Pizzagate, but it's, you know, totally similar, uh, similar I- ideology, almost the exact same. Well, what's really funny is like Tucker prefers it when a confused QAnon follower like takes a pot shot at a pizzeria than when someone identifies that like corporations or the police yeah. have done things that 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 have crushed them in their lives yeah. and so then they burn the corporations or they attack like the police precinct he sees that as way too material it's terrifying for him because people are identifying things and then they're 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 whether you agree with their methods or not they're applying pressure towards that existing power mm-hmm. qAnon is a way to completely disenfranchise you from any like ability to point to actual power. Yeah. And that's what he fucking loves about it. Right next story. Uh, yet another QAnon follower charged for participating in the Capitol riot. So an Idaho woman uh, who participated in the storming of the Capitol on January 6th was taken into custody without incident by officers with Homeland Security Investigations, uh, the Boise Police Department, and members of the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. This was first reported by the local news station KTVB. So five days before the Capitol riot, uh, the woman whose name is, she has a great name, Yvonne Saint Sir. Uh, 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 Yvonne Saint Cyr. Well, okay. Wow. No, it's fine. She seems like she has some French origins, but you've never had a respect for our. our don't no, pretend not right now. Yvonne uploaded a video of herself uh, talking <laughs> about QAnon while she was in the middle of her cross country trip to Washington, D.C. D.C. or bust. Stop the steal. And. Joe Biden is not my president. So, cars all decorated now. We are in Wyoming, getting ready to get back on the road here. Will you hold it so I can drive? And so I wanted to, I had a thought. I read um, on the way here that Pence resigned. I don't know if it's true or not, and it was a cue thing, so I don't, I don't, I have no idea because I have been driving and not confirming. But I had a thought, if Pence resigned, what if, JFK Jr. is going to be sworn in as the vice president on the 6th, and I will be there to see it, and then you can all pound sand because I tell you, I'm telling you, he is alive. JFK Jr. is alive, and I think that we may get to see him. I'm so excited. So anyways, we're back on the road. I know my hair is crazy. It's very windblown out here in Wyoming. So um, we got a few more thousand miles to go. Stop the steal. We're on our way. Here we come, D.C. Love you guys. Bye. That's exciting stuff. Took driving, a year out of my life. Yeah. Driving all the way across the country to see JFK Jr. get sworn in. I would drive all the way to D.C. to see that, honestly. I would smear my windows with what looks like bird shit, <laughs> uh, you know, and talk to a camera. I love it. It's like, oh, well, I can't confirm that uh, Mike Pence stepped down, but I can pretty much confirm that JFK Jr. is alive <laughs> and is going to be inaugurated. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think this also shows that the conspiracy theory 
that the election was stolen. The one actively being promoted yeah. by the former president. And it just enables so much of the rest of the sort of Q and on crazy, you know, because it has that nugget, uh, you know, that that is now basically that conspiracy theory is at the core of everything else. I mean, March mm-hmm. 4th was sort of at the core of, of the, the election not being legitimate. Um, and that's a very dangerous space because that's not going to change. You know, you're going to see Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and many other Republicans who are still going along with the idea that the election was stolen. According to the criminal complaint, she filmed the destruction of an office window from within the Capitol and continued to record herself standing in the window and shouting at the crowd located on the west side of the Capitol grounds. In a live video that appears to have been recorded following the Capitol riot, uh, she talks about breaching the building and her belief in QAnon. I fight for us. I really do. It's not it's not a show. It's for my grandkids and for you and me. Sorry, it's been a rough day. Um, Trump's account, Twitter account got taken down. That's red one. That's a sign, a Q sign. So I'm still faithful and hopeful that maybe America needed to see this today. Maybe America needed to see how ugly it was. And how sad it is that we have no voice anymore. We've allowed this to happen. We went to sleep and we let them take our government over. They infiltrated it in every area. They cheated. That election was stolen 100% without a doubt. There is tons of evidence. He shared it all today. You aren't going to hear it on the media. They're not going to tell you because they want you to think it's gone and that we lost, but we didn't. And that's why we stormed the Capitol, because we didn't lose. They stole this election. Yeah, she's just so far gone. And like, you know, still certain that she's in the right and confessing to the crime that got her arrested immediately after the act. Is again, this is the thing that we saw in the case with uh, Mark Russo and the 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 tablet in America Stonehenge is that they are, they think that their cause is so righteous that they don't even realize what they're doing is going to get them in trouble legally. Mm-hmm. For our next story, local man's Irish accent mocked by pro QAnon podcasters. <laughs> Famed local Irishman Donny O'Sullivan <laughs> published a piece for CNN recently that angered longtime QAnon promoters Jeffrey Peterson, a.k.a. In the Matrix, and his co-host Shady Groove. They took to the air and expressed their grievances. Um, we were on um, <clears throat> CNN a couple of times this weekend, Shady. We were? We were. You and I. Um, oh, my goodness. The, the Donny, was Donny talking Donny about Donny O'Sullivan infiltrated the Matrix Grove show event. Uh, he has also been in the MG show chat voice on Telegram, Shady Grove. <laughs> he's, he's coming in to get red pills, too? Yeah. Don't, and he, he came into our chat, and we actually thought his name was Donny, but... Apparently it's Donny. Apparently it's Donny. Dope me. No. Dope. So let's play this. This is <laughs> little Simpsons reference there at the end. Um, so here in our second clip, uh, uh, this local uh, victim of these two podcasters, um, well, they accuse him of of showing up to an event uninvited. Did you see the camera picture? I know you guys don't see it on the radio, but the picture of Donnie and the other gentleman, um, they, it was really nice. They looked like they were scared. Donnie's head is you know crushed a little bit, so the mask almost covered his eyes. And also, um, they, they, they pan to these two guys, and they look like they're trembling in their boots, Shady. And then one of the organizers is right behind them, and then they fa- film up right into 
the the QAnon what is it? QAnon shaman they call him. Uh, and he like did a muscle flex like he was waiting for that camera shot, Shady. Uh, no one knew we were in there. Well, let's see what Q said on that day. Q said there is Q one and there are anons two. There are there is no QAnon three media labeling as QAnon is a method deliberate to combine and attach Q to comments, theories and suggestions and statements and actions made by two Anons, what happens when you cannot attack the information? Primary source, one, do you attack and typecast through use of others? Not all anons are authentic. Injected, you are correct, CJ. Retweet at 1717 had meaning. Mathematical probability, 1717 the day after. You believe it was a coincidence that surgical removal of YouTube accounts occurred the same day as the Hunter drop? Welcome to the digital battlefield. I find it very curious how Q seemed to know that these guys were in that conference room that day. <laughs> so that's uh, evidence that will be compounded by an accusation uh, of another local man, Travis View. Yeah, and also, wasn't it the JFK Jr. guy, Travis View, uh, was cued as well, and he, is, it, um, he was in there as well. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was his Twitter post that, yeah. that was uh, the the tweet from him right at the the beginning of that? Um, Correct. Of that post. And yeah. and it's it's very it happens a lot, you know uh, that 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 Q posts during our shows, and he posted during our live show there in Scottsdale, basically warning us that um, this was about to happen. If you look at if you know future proves past, shady. Exactly. I mean, you know, like I said, they, it's very funny that they came there, they sat there, they got all this footage. They had, like you were pointing out, um, whenever you watch that clip, they, they're literally filming as they're talking in perfect sync. And then they're panning up to the QAnon shaman guy standing in the back of the room the whole time. It's almost like they brought him with them. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> and how did this guy, I mean, I could barely get to Arizona. I had to rely on donations. Uh, Zoltan, thank you very much for helping me get to Arizona. How did this guy get uh, he lived in Arizona, but how did he get to the Georgia rally and D.C. and all these places that he's been seen? I don't know, but it wasn't just <laughs> that. He was also seen at a bunch of other rallies earlier in the year or let's call them uh, riots mm -hmm. earlier in the year by BLM. And um, then uh, was at the Capitol building the day before and the day of January 6th. Interesting. Very well funded. Uh, this is bullshit, by the way, because we we saw in yeah. the Matrix at the most expensive steakhouse yeah. uh, th that e in evening. Florida. So I I reject his that was premise Tampa. that that he that, that was he, that oh. was Tampa. Oh well, same shit, I guess. It's okay. I think he's still <laughs> he's still wealthy wherever he goes. He's still wealthy wherever he goes. Is the point I was making? <laughs> yeah, he's he likes a former nice uh, sales executive. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna yeah. be fine. But uh, yeah, no. So the idea that uh, Jacob Chansley, who shows up like with the same costume and the same exact sign everywhere, is this wealthy man? Uh, yeah, super. No, I've seen unlikely. the Q Shaman's car. He's not a wealthy man. Yeah. yeah. I also love the idea that the QAnon knew I was there, or that Q yes. knew I was yeah. there. Q posted. Should, that's fantastic. And also the the footage, which is taken by me, which is what he doesn't realize, because I was sitting right in front of you, and I thought it was yeah. very funny that you were sitting there with your mask, kind of <laughs> hiding, trying to hide in your seat, while behind you this. <laughs> guy was flexing and they're like look look he panned up to the to flexing q shaman and so the idea here 
is that you? So do, there was at least Donnie, Travis, and the Q Shaman. Yeah, we're all funded we're by all... the same entity to come <laughs> to QCon to humiliate them. All in cahoots. Yes. All leading up to yeah. his arrest. We rode them together on January sixth yeah. yeah. to make him the I, Q scapegoat. Yeah, I, Mike Soros check is still in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we're all waiting for payment. For my next story, uh, the Q Shaman speaks. Jacob Chansley, better known as the Q Shaman, uh, spoke publicly for the first time in an interview since his arrest with journalist Lori Siegel for 60 Minutes. So here is part of that interview. Your actions on January 6th were an attack on this country. Do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. How would you describe them? My actions personally? On January 6th. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? Well, I sang a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Do you still believe you're a patriot? I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. Uh, also interviewed by 60 Minutes was the Q Shaman's mom, Martha Chansley. And she, she appears to be extremely pilled and, in fact, believe, still believes that the election was stolen. This was a, an attack on the U.S. Capitol, and your son was a part of it, whether or not you say he was violent. Do you see the gravity of it? Of course. Of course. I feel the gravity of it because my son is in, you know, he's, he's where he is right now. So if he could take it back... He would. I know that he's he's sorry, but again, it all it all comes back to he he walked through open doors. Did it look like the doors were just peacefully open to the public? Peacefully is why 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 the word peacefully? I mean, the doors were open. They were letting people in. They were overcome by a group of people, many of whom were armed. Jacob wasn't a part of that. I hear you saying, well, you know, my son was there, but he wasn't a part of the bad part of it. Right. Well, I think that's really important to understand that. But wasn't all of that bad? Wasn't any attack on the Capitol, any interruption of our democratic process, isn't all of that bad? No, I don't think I don't think that the process of being able to go and exercise your right to to free speech and to stand up for what you believe is right. But it is not your right to interrupt the democratic process. It is not your right to breach the Capitol, to go where you are not legally allowed to be. You know what what I would say to that is. I don't think it's right that it uh, was won fraudulently. 
I don't believe it was won fairly at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, this whole case is interesting. I think it's worth touching upon why of all the people who participate in the Capitol riot, and they all did a bad thing, obviously, but why the Q shaman is getting the most attention. And mm. it's not because he poses the greatest threat to national security amongst all the people who participated. It's not because he was the most violent or even because he had the, you know, the most violent ideology. It's because he is, he is the most flamboyant. He looks it's, the craziest. Yeah. He that's, looks that's kookiest. It. If you are like, you know, a, a member of a militia who actually has revolutionary ideas and you want to, you know, behead a bunch of lawmakers in order to institute the new fascist government, you're happy that the, attention is being paid to this clown basically of course again because that that takes the attention and heat off of your very malicious intentions yeah he also he's the perfect kind of like lone wolf figure because he wasn't really attached to any of the groups right. that were more organized they were organized yeah so uh, it's the, perfect the oath keepers i think deserve a little bit more attention yeah. for their participation than the q shaman i'll just say that well Donnie, finally, after putting you through all of this pain and misery and suffering, we're going to put you in the hot seat and focus uh, on you. Travis has some questions. He's yeah, written. I want to ask, how exactly did you get to covering this? So I get this question a lot. I just think that this particular topic matches my particular collection of mental illnesses best. So why exactly did you start covering this? <laughs> well, I started work when I started working at CNN about five years ago. I my job, uh, I was doing it at a, at a startup in Ireland first. We would take uh, breaking news videos, YouTube videos, a lot of stuff coming out of the Arab Spring, a lot of stuff coming out of the Syrian war, uh, videos normally of bombings, etc. But sometimes that were either mischaracterized or misdated or were being faked in some way. So we were vetting stuff in real time to make sure if something showed up on television and breaking news, if it was a social media video or image that it was actually from that event. Um, and I was doing that at CNN for a while, and it eventually became a full-time job, and obviously QAnon was part of that. Uh, but we were pretty slow. We were pretty slow to, to talk a lot about QAnon um, intentionally. Uh, you know, we saw it popping up at events and things, but, you know, when you have a platform the size of CNN, you think about, you know, by calling something out, are you unintentionally amplifying it in some way? Obviously... You know, in the second half of 2020, between Trump talking about it and essentially embracing it, uh, you know, it sort of became a no-brainer to talk about it. But but we were watching it for a long time rather than than talking about it. So was there a specific moment where you like realized QAnon wasn't a, just a fringe thing that you could be safe that could uh, safely be ignored? And this is something that is uh, going to be significant and a significant part of American politics. I mean, this is this is sort of a, a late example, but having following the Save the Children movement uh, and seeing that grow over the COVID lockdown. Um, and also, I remember being up in Duluth, which I can't say because of my Irish accent, with the THs, in Minnesota, in northern Minnesota. <laughs> and a, a, a merchant, a, a vendor outside a Trump rally telling me that, you know, demand for QAnon mer merchandise had exploded over the past few months. Um, and there was just a few things from being on the road, to, you know, that I just said, wow, this is this is actually everywhere. Uh, and of course, there's no way to measure quite how big it is. But 
it was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you're you're best known for your your one-on-one interviews with QAnon followers, like in the field at rallies. I'm, inter- I'm interested how you get these because you're with CNN. You're honest about this to the to uh, to the people you speak to. I mean, do people ever turn you down? Do you get any uh, jeering comments about your affiliation with CNN? Oh, I, I oh, watched I'll... Donnie get chased right down the <laughs> sidewalk yeah. by this guy who just he just wanted to continue having a conversation. And uh, it, it was pretty funny because it's like they didn't really want to fully attack you, but they would kind of like yell at you and start pointing fingers a little bit. You, you would walk like kind of half a block. They would disperse, then walk back the other way to try to escape them again. It was like slow motion, uh, c- cartoonish almost. Is that is that habitual? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, a ton of a ton of people just will not speak to us, uh, you know, and the reaction sometimes is, you know, and I'll normally say it with a big jolly smile on my face behind my mask. I'll say, yep, but I'm from CNN. <laughs> um, so a ton of folks won't talk to us. Others, um, you know, will will they won't like CNN, but they like the idea that I'm Irish and the novelty of speaking to a, a leprechaun, as it were. <laughs> So it, was there an interview that you did in the field that was uh, cut from broadcast that you thought was uh, particularly interesting? Yeah, the one that you were going to get in trouble for, that one. Can you just tell us exactly <laughs> what it was? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I get in trouble all the time. Uh, you know, I every time we come back from these events, you know, obviously CNN is a big place. It's a big bureaucracy sometimes. we got, I've got standards to deal with lawyers, many editors, um, and, you know, a lot of times it is an absolute uh, minefield to try and work through with, you know, all the people I work with to give them the understanding and to explain to them why we should be even showing any of this the light of day. Um, I think there's been interviews all over the place that we've either cut for time or just haven't been, um, you know, there's been so much that I've actually watched back recently because um, we were on road pretty much for, for six months now. Um, some of the people we've met along the way showed up at the Capitol. Some of the people we met along the way, I think, are still on the FBI's most wanted list. Uh, we don't always get people's names. Um, so there's a ton there. Um, trying to think if something sticks out. I mean, I would love to do, you know, I, I, my birthday's coming up, just plugging. I don't have a, mm-hmm. I don't have a, a <laughs> I can send across my Venmo or cash app. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, I would really like my producers or editors to do a, a monster, a mashup of, you know, just all the many times I've been told to fuck off by, by <laughs> an appeal to the editorial CNN team to, to allow the, the fuck off compilation <laughs> to be released. Precisely. I'm, inter- I'm interested now. You were with me at that uh, event at Ventura, and that wasn't specifically like billed as a QAnon event. It was like a recall Gavin Newsom event, but it was heavily uh, attended by QAnon followers, influenced by QAnon followers. There's Judy Mikovits, who, who was huge with QAnon uh, there at the event. So what do you make of kind of like the strange sort of awkward relationship between these conservative political organizers and QAnon? Because it seems though, though they welcome the support of QAnon, they welcome the money of QAnon, but they don't want to acknowledge that QAnon is in their ranks. They don't want to like, you know, acknowledge, uh, you know, I guess QAnon generally. Yeah, I think that is going to be one of the sort of defining stories of the next two years, actually, when it comes to politics nationally, right? Because if you think Trump is going to try and get candidates to primary any person who's spoken out against him. So like the, the likes of Liz Cheney. And 
a lot of those candidates are going to be getting their support from the QAnon caucus, essentially. Um, so to see that play out, to see that dance happening uh, is, you know, I, w without overplaying the role of QAnon, I think it plays an extremely important part of like, what is the future of the Republican Party and what is fu the future of um, polit politics in the United States? And, you know, it was striking. I, I, I spoke to one of the main organizers from the Recall Newsom event, you know, seemed like a nice guy, respectful guy spoke he was quite polished um and you know he said i have nothing to do with QAnon, but like in the shot or right behind our shot there was a huge QAnon flag flying right. <laughs> um so i think it's going to be a major story and you know I, I hate to be talking about elections already but the the 2022 midterms precisely that how these conservative republican organizations interface with the QAnon caucus uh, is going to be fascinating it sometimes feels like um, we're trying to capture a story being written in disappearing ink. You know, QAnon content is uh, often wiped from social media. Events get canceled. Dates don't materialize. Um, but one thing that I think, like, you, you can't really delete online is the ideology that people carry with them and that you often draw out with your interviews. I, I kind of was thinking about this yesterday, but do you ever get the feeling that we're covering phantoms? Yeah, it's... It's... A it's also, it's, it's so, what I find most fascinating of speaking to a lot of folks on the road is, you know, how people have all found their way to Q and QAnon in such different paths. You know, some it's from Save the Children, some it's true Trump, some it's true, uh, you know, people who are flat earthers. Um, but it's, it is that. No, there is, you know, the, everybody's, everybody's finding their way to QAnon. Uh, but it's almost like there's an invisible hand pushing them there, you know? Um, and you're right. Like it's, it's a lot of the evidence is being taken down, uh, you know, with accounts being shut down with stuff, uh, disappearing, obviously with stuff moving into, to different types of apps. Um, and yeah, you know, I think every time I do one of these stories, I'm thinking, you know, we we got we got close there to figuring out how this person really went down this rabbit hole. But there's always just so many unknowns. One thing that I also wanted to talk about a little bit is um, how mentally exhausting it can get to, to cover all this stuff. And, and you know, as people have kind of gotten to know you as a reporter, specifically, I hear that that you're a golden boy now back in Ireland and that they they have banners that unfurl when you get off the plane. <laughs> but what's cool is that you've kind of started opening up about mental health and and, um, and all that. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yes, it's been it's been quite funny to uh, particularly after the the insurrection, you know, that was that was sort of prime time in Ireland, I guess, uh, you know, afternoon here uh, in the East Coast is 8, 9, 10 p.m. in in Ireland. So a lot of folks turned on the TV in Ireland and were shocked to see uh, an Irish guy. So uh, I, I thought, you know, mental health is, is talked about a bit differently in Ireland than it is here. And it's still, you know, it's getting a lot better, but it's still quite taboo for, especially for men, sort of young men to talk about. So I figured I'd use my 15 minutes of fame uh, to, to talk a bit about it and, you know, sort of the stuff I've gone through, depression and anxiety and whatnot. But what what I would say about all of this is, you know, I meet many people, many people who come to QAnon are sort of in a crisis of their own, right? Uh, personal, financial, political, I guess, in, in some ways. Um, 
But I do think that there's a, an interesting parallel there between I certainly know when I'm feeling depressed or anxious, you know, you sort of cast a wide net and you start thinking about existential questions, essentially, that you normally wouldn't think about. And you're willing to embrace very irrational answers, whether that's about yourself or your life or your relationships. And I feel in some ways that that is how we've seen the explosion of QAnon over the past 12 months. I mean, as a society, we are living through an extremely anxious, unprecedented time with lockdowns and this virus. And, you know, just as I think we are capable when feeling that angst to embrace the irrational about ourselves, we're also capable of doing that when it comes to conspiracy theories. And I think particularly with COVID, you know, I think people, I, I saw early on in COVID, people really wanted to believe the idea that COVID was made in a lab by, you know, evil geniuses, either in Washington or in China. Um, and in some ways having, I think, the belief there that somebody, even if they're evil, that someone is in control, uh, that somebody, you know, is, 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 is in charge of all of this is easier to understand than, you know, that this is a virus that happened in nature, et cetera, et cetera, is something that we cannot control. And without going on too much, I do think that then also comes back to Q, right? Because Q is somebody who's in control. It's somebody who has all the answers. Uh, it's someone, you know, particularly if, if you're a religious person, you're dealing with religious texts that are thousands of years old. Um, if QAnon is your godlike character and up until recently was posting, you know, several times a day or several times a week, that's really, really appealing if you're in a state of anxiety because somebody seems to be in charge. And they're also giving you directions on something to do, you know, do your own research. You know, it gives it gives people something to pass the time with, you know, so they don't necessarily have to be, you, you know, locked into their own, you know, the neighborhood in their head that they're hanging out in. Absolutely. And, and you know, it struck me when, when we went to that event uh, somewhat undercover in Arizona in October, the QAnon event, you know, that they were up there on stage citing specific Q posts as if they were religious scripture, you know, by number, as if they were as if they were verses in the Bible. Uh, it It's and the more people I talk to now, as we do quite a bit of focus now on, on the victims of QAnon, whether they be people who have left QAnon or people who are in families, you know, that's the story we're hearing more and more that there's that mental health is obviously a huge part of it. It's not it's totally not the full reason for it. You know, many people are engaging with it based off hate and other reasons, but it is a huge, huge part of it. And so uh, what's next for your coverage? Where are they going to send you next to risk your life? Who's telling Doni to fuck off this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, I had to send that Irish guy, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I think a big story for us for, you know, I was certainly struck by when we went to that event in Ventura where, where Travis was at, was, you know, anti-vax is, is obviously a thing uh, that is that is becoming, I think, popular uh, or certainly something that's circulating hugely in, in this community. But also, I think that story I mentioned of what the hell is going to happen next with the Republican Party. And I think we're, you're going to see in states and districts where there's a Trump backing Trump supporting candidate is primarying a you know sitting Republican. 
I think you're going to see a lot of QAnon, a lot of Stop the Steal, a lot of those characters who we met on the road to the January 6th insurrection are going to be popping up there again. So I think that's going to be a huge story to, to travel, to, to cover. Um, and I suspect I'll be getting, hopefully, to go to, to many political rallies and talking to more folks along the way. Thank you so much, obviously, for coming on. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter. You managed to snag your just your first name. Yeah. What's Tony, up with that? That's impressive. I mean, it's, it's hardly a popular name, is it? D-O-N-I-E. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. If you want a second episode every week and access to our archives, please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for $5 a month. Streams happen on twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous, and our website is QAnonAnonymous.com for anything else. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. Fantastic. I'll do it a bit, I'll do it a bit more. Cheer. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Listener, until next week, may the dip. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. And may Irish eyes always smile. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. You guys come across any QAnon events coming up? Um, there's there's only been one that was on our radar and it's like <sighs> falling apart at the fucking seams. <laughs> yeah, like, there's yeah. no fucking way we haven't right. preserved shit and it's like we're not probably yeah, not gonna saw, do it. Basically, we saw it, it was an event in Florida that was called uh, was it an evening with Michael Flynn. It was very weird. They had tickets on oh, for sale uh, initially, but then those were taken away. And they they said like we're gonna we're gonna tell you what what the venue is twelve hours before. It actually takes place, and so we're, I don't know, we're, we're thinking we actually might not do that if something doesn't get clear, you know, pretty, pretty soon. soon.